0: And we're good. So welcome in, everybody. It is the Huddle Up Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle and powered by Blue Wire Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me is my fellow football priest. You know him. You love him. Zach Calberman. Zach, we'll get into uh, the ownership thing with the odds makers kind of muddying the water a little bit on the Broncos situation. But first, in case people missed it, Draymond Jones, former uh, teammate in college, who just got paid, right? Denzel Ward earlier this week, mega deal and, and whatnot. That was um, high on the mind of Draymond Jones when he met with the media earlier this week. What exactly did he say? And I'll pull up the article.
1: He congratulated his former roommate and he made it a point to say that everyone wants to to break the bank. Everyone wants what he called a big payout. So it's A not so subtle indication that he's looking to also do the same with the Broncos, but it's on Draymond Jones. Denzel Ward went out there and proved he's one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL, and now he's the highest paid cornerback in NFL history. Well, Draymond's entering a contract year. He's scheduled for unrestricted free agency in 2023, and he knows if he balls out, he has 12 sacks in his career. If he gets 12 sacks this year alone, that's what would qualify as a breakout? And when you're a breakout young 25 year old player, especially a defensive player, you get paid. You get the brink struck at your feet. And that's what Draymond Jones wants. But I like what he said. You know, I have to focus on football. That stuff will take care of itself. He realizes he has to go out there and prove it. The Broncos aren't going to pay him for no reason. Certainly nothing to what Denzel Ward received from Cleveland. But this is the caveat though. If you look at the Broncos Uh, list of free agents for next year. Draymond is one of the few players that's a foundational prospect. He's a guy that you bring back on a second contract if it's feasible and if he's worth it. And I feel like if he goes out there, now the Broncos' top interior defensive lineman after the Shelby Harris trade, he goes out there and balls in this defense. Maybe he out-sacks Bradley Chubb, out-sacks Randy Gregory. He's going to get a hefty payday. He wants that, but he has to work for it.
0: I don't know, dude. Denzel Ward has been good, but I wouldn't say he's been great his first uh, contract as a as a pro. I mean, he's got two Pro Bowl nods under his belt, which surprises me. Like, he was really good this past season. He had, uh, let's see, he had three picks, uh, returned one for 99 yards. Golly. Uh, Ten pass breakups. The year prior, he had 18 pass breakups. His two Pro Bowl seasons, Zach, are 2019 and 2021. In 2019... Uh, He only appeared in 12 games and still made the Pro Bowl. Now, that wasn't the year the Browns were good, right? It was 2020 when Baker had that 11-win season, if I'm not mistaken. But I am uh, digressing a little bit here. It's there for Draymond Jones, you know, and it's one of those situations in a a walk year. Hey, go out there and prove it. Go out and show it because you've got Draymond has the freaking measurables. He's got that twitchy athleticism from the four and the five. A technique to be a, to be a force, but we just haven't seen it from him consistently. So for him to even really be talking about breaking the bank, other than in a congratulatory kind of thing for his homie um, Denzel Ward, it's like, hey, get out there! Like you said, twelve sacks in your career, you're going to need to produce that this year if you really want to even sniff the kind of money that Denzel Ward just got paid. And for a you know that type of a defensive lineman, you're not going to be in line for that caliber of a contract different positions, teams prioritize it in terms of resources differently. But I want to see it. I want to see Draymond get out there and become that force. Like, you know, Malik Jackson, for what it's worth, he didn't truly pop for the Broncos till his contract year. Just so happens, Zach, in his contract year when he popped, the Broncos won the Super Bowl. So that helped him along the way earn those dollar-dollar bills.
1: I agree with you about Ward, but we're talking about the same franchise that just paid – uh, Deshaun Watson, two hundred and fifty million dollars. Not the brightest bulbs in the NFL chandelier. Those Cleveland Browns. Um, you know, we we in the past years we talked about the Fangio bump, and we bring up Dray. And I agree with you about Draymond Jones. He's always been like just there. Justin Simmons, just right there, but not close enough. That's Draymond Jones now. That's the I- expression that you turned and, and coined about him. He's been on the precipice of being a Pro Bowl All Pro player, but just not there yet. The Fangio bump was non-existent, but I believe the Evero bump will be existent for a lot of players on this defense, namely Draymond Jones. He's going to be the pass rusher. He's going to be the number one guy in the trenches. And if he lives up to that potential, I mean, in writing the story earlier today, I forgot that he was compared to Geno Atkins, the, I think, eight-time Pro Bowler in Cincinnati defensive tackle. If he can even realize anything close to that potential, he will get, as he wants, quote unquote, a big payout.
0: Get this really quick, all right? Pardon me. Denzel Ward. Now I'm going to shift away from Jones for a second, and then we're going to grab Sam Bam. In fact, hang tight. Just one second, Sam Bam. Trust, just hang tight. So in his Pro Bowl year, one of his two Pro Bowl years, this last season being uh, the one I want to focus on, Denzel Ward started 15 games, played in 15 games. As I mentioned, three picks, right? Um, One return for a score. He had a half sack, and he had... 10 pass breakups. Let's look at Patrick Sertan as a rookie. 15 games started, four, not three, four picks, 14, not 10, pass breakups, and a pick six. The only thing that I guess Ward could say he did that uh, Sertan didn't is he got, he notched himself a half sack. Is there any reason to believe Patrick Sertan at this point was not a snub for some sort of all-star accolade uh, following the season? The Broncos are even a nine-win team. If they're even like a bounced-in-the-first-round wild card team, Patrick Sertan probably makes the Pro Bowl that caliber of juice, right? You know what I'm saying? You need to have, as a team, to start seeing the the deserving guys who are turning in Pro Bowl-level performances, but they're not getting them. You need that team success, and it trickles down individually to all the dudes that are deserving.
1: Man, I I do not envy George Payton nor Rich Hurtado. When Patrick Sertan, his turn is up at the table for a new contract, he is going to get cashed out. And through one year, he's deserving of every penny. But it's funny you bring up the Patrick Sertan snubs and all the acrimony over that draft selection – I was reading tweets out of Bears OTAs today, and we're talking about seven-on-seven, the lightest practices you can think of geared toward the offense. And guess who was struggling, Chad? Justin Fields, the the future Hall of Fame quarterback in Broncos country, guys. The the player the Broncos should have drafted over Patrick Sertan. I'll say it once more. I am so happy with that pick. They made the right call because Patrick Sertan will be an all-pro and Fields trending in the wrong direction as far as I'm concerned.
0: Longtime listeners of this show will remember Uh, Neither one of us were big on Justin Fields for whatever that's worth. But let's grab Sam Bam. Thank you for being patient, my friend. He says, greetings, Chad and Zach. Draft next week. And then I saw that the schedule will be released May 12th. Any more word on whether the Broncos will open at the Rams week one? Go Broncos. I haven't heard anything more on that quite yet, Zach. But we'll start hearing some... uh, There will be some reports and, you know, before you get the full schedule, you'll get an Adam Schefter saying we now here's the week one, you know, season opener for the NFL on Thursday night, that kind of thing will start trickling, trickling out, but we're not quite there.
1: Peter King's been one guy that keeps uh, intimating. It's going to be either Denver or Buffalo facing the Rams in the week one opener. But we'll know before that, because at the draft next week, Amazon and the NFL are going to announce the week two primetime. It's the Amazon Thursday night opener. And there's a high likelihood if the Broncos aren't on primetime in week one, they're going to get primetime in week two. And guess who they would face more than likely? That would be Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Bring that game on, baby.
0: For sure let's let's exercise that demon right out of the gates. Philip jumping in a newer name Zach on super chat welcome. So welcome thank you connect thank you. on Twitter because we like to keep in touch with and shout out our super chat superstars after each and every live stream podcast So appreciate that Philip and we'll keep an eye out for any topics questions that you might have in the chat. Um, Dale Fleming says I have a question of Broncos uh, have you heard that Deshaun Jackson wants to join sure. the Broncos? Zach? Yeah, actually,
1: I will have the story coming out either later tonight or first thing tomorrow. He did an interview with Sports Illustrated, the Mothership, and he's leaning toward retirement to Sean Jackson after a very, I think, uh, well-regarded career as a deep threat in the NFL. But he named a few teams he would consider not retiring for. and. Guess who he named on there? Russell Wilson, the first player he named, and the Broncos. It's so great. Even though I want nothing to do with Sean Jackson, I am perfectly fine with K.J. Hamler. It's so nice that free agents, name players, household names, star players, now want to come to Denver solely because of the quarterback. They don't want to avoid Denver because of that quarterback. They want to come here because of that. The star power, what Russell Wilson has already done without playing one snap in a Broncos uniform, is tangible, and I am pumped, if you can't tell. If you didn't have... Well, uh, mid-thought,
0: I was interrupted by the actual um, counter to this argument, but I was about to say if you didn't have K.J. Hamler, then it would make some sense to go get Jackson because of that long speed. You need someone, a burner, that can capitalize on that right arm and the deep ball accuracy and just that beautiful, beautiful deep ball of Russell Wilson. Do you need Jackson? Well, hey, we're talking about a guy coming off injury. We're talking about a guy who hasn't been healthy since he became a freaking pro so maybe maybe it wouldn't be the absolute worst idea in the world however i'm talking like hey not much more than a veteran minimum and if you're Deshaun Jackson you really want to go subject yourself to the rigors and the and the risks that come with uh, playing in the league for you know million bucks 2 million bucks half of which uncle sam's going to take from you
1: I was going to say the Broncos already have a Deshaun Jackson. It's KJ Hamler, a, a, a fast player who can't stay healthy, had hamstring problems. That was my really rich man's comparison for KJ coming out of college was Deshaun. So no, I'm perfectly fine with KJ. And even if they didn't have KJ, to your point, Chad, dime through dime a dozen. Players who can run a nine-round, run really fast in a straight line, use a late-round draft pick, undrafted guy, you can find them off the scrap heap. I, I want nothing to do with – as Scott points out, thirty-six year old Deshaun Jackson. No, miss me on that. Agreed. Oh, in the In the macro, in the final
0: analysis, agreed. JJ, good to see you, bro. Uh, he says proudly wore my football priest shirt to uh, to town today. Thanks. Well, dude, where's the profile pic, dude? Where's the selfie? Send it into us, bro. Send it milehighhuddle at gmail. Let's get that on Instagram, dog. Glad you finally got your shirt. He says. Also, I'm wondering is a corner if a corner goes down. This season, is Michael Ojemudia good enough to step in? That's an interesting question, JJ. And again, thank you, buddy. We really do appreciate you. Um, that's a good question because Michael O, you know, as a rookie, he was a rookie. He was mostly down, but he had some ups. But it was like this, like little up and then But when the Broncos turned to him late last year, was it the season finale I'm thinking that he had to start or at least played starter snaps? He was actually pretty good. So I'm actually relatively optimistic that when the time comes for OJ Mudia to uh, get some snaps and some exposure, once again, under the NFL lights, he'll be equal to his opportunity. But I'm not going to bank on it. I'm not going to count on it. I'm going to still go out there as as a team and make sure my secondary has the horses. You know, you need one more bankable, I think, corner behind Sertan, behind Kwan Williams, and behind Ronald Darby. And I want Michael O.J. Moody to develop and, and emerge as that guy. But if you had to play football tomorrow, you know, he's not that guy just because the experience isn't there. But, hey, sometimes what do they say about necessity being the mother of invention, right? You know, if the Broncos do have to turn to, to him at some point this year, J.J., to answer your question, that's when we'll find out really what's what with, with Michael O.
1: Uh, the other day I discovered he blocked me on Twitter. I, I don't know why, but I don't, <laughs> I don't oh, understand man. that. Um, you you but, must have had a take he didn't like, Zach. Uh, just keep it real, Michael. I don't know what to tell you, but he's a serviceable guy to have. He's not, I wouldn't say, a cornerback to full-time, long-term. He has to develop into that. He hasn't been on the field. He's been hurt dealing with this and that. He had some struggles when he was a rookie. He's a nice guy to have in your back end, but I'm with you. They need to address that situation in the draft and add one more capable guy behind K1 Williams just in case. If Michael Ojemudia is your fifth guy, I am perfectly good with that. If he's your third guy, and it starts becoming shaky to me.
0: Lena in the house with some stars. Thank you so much. And also one of our great monthly supporters on Facebook. Seriously, much love and respect. And as you guys can – I'll put it on the ticker so you can see. uh, On the contest, the stars contest for the month of April – We're at 28% complete. As you guys know, we're trying to reach 250,000 stars this month. When we do, we're going to raffle off yet another Broncos jersey. Uh, The only people in the running, people who contributed to the goal like Lena here. But we're behind the eight ball. If we're going to hit that goal in the month. And Zach, what is this? September, October, November, December, January, February, March. So this is the, the, the eighth month we've done it. We've never not hit goal. This is the first time that I think we're really plausibly at risk of not hitting goal, meaning we're not raffling off a Jersey. So we just got to crank it up. We got, we got, you know, 10 days or so left to go. We can get there, but Lena thank you so much.
1: I still have faith, man. We have the best listeners. Broncos country is the best fan base. I think we'll meet goal, but that helps us. Certainly. Thank you so much, Michael. Thank you so much. Wow.
0: Michael Ronquillo etching himself a spot. If you peer through the clouds, you got to really, there you'll see it, the visage of Michael Ronquillo on the MHH Mount Rushmore. Love you, bro. That is so generous of you. That's two nights in a row you're throwing down like a boss, dude. Thank you. Helps keep the lights on. You know that here at MHH, especially with what we do on the podcast side of things. So thank you, Michael. He says, great evening, Chad and Zach on the Mile High Hill Go Broncos. Love it, dude. Thank you, Michael.
1: I actually have a book, bookkeeping question for you, Michael. Are you okay with your bus next to Kayakas on the Mount Rushmore of MHH? Or you want to be next to Michaela? Let us know because you certainly deserve to be up there and we appreciate your support each and every night tweeting us after the podcast, wishing us a great show. Michael, you are the man. Thank you. Love you, big Doug. Lawrence, Michael went over to YouTube. I know the last couple of days. Yeah.
0: It would appear that he's, he's testing out the, uh, the waters here on, uh, On YouTube, Uh, Gary Blah Blah. What's good, bro? Seeing you in the chat again. Love it. Thank you for that super chat up in Canada, north of the 49th parallel. He wants to know, Zach, do we think Mike Purcell should be released? I can pull up that contract, but the Broncos can save a pretty penny on uh, the cap if they I think they got
1: to designate him a post June 1st. But your thoughts? I mean, Ken, that was my question. It's like, what is it going to save relative to the dead money hitter or what he can provide on the field? Once upon a time in 2019, he was the highest rated run defender among interior defensive linemen in the NFL, according to Pro Football Focus. That's a utility to have when you have a defense uh, that's constructed the way the Broncos is. I know they're going away from a traditional 3-4. He's going to be like the fullback of the defense now, a position that's kind of dying, but they don't have a pure run stuffer like my Purcell offers on the roster. I would keep him if I could. I wouldn't cut him for the sake of cutting him, but if you feel like you're not going to use him, if you feel like DJ Jones or McTelvin Ajim is ready to step up now and he's not some role player anymore, then I'd maybe move on, but he's, he's fairly cheap and he provides a good service.
0: So, DJ Jones, that's the one thing he's going to bring in spades for the Broncos is that run stuff. But you don't have, besides DJ, besides Draymond, if you accept Mike and exact him, you know, he's not in the conversation. No one else on that roster, I guess Deshaun Williams has a, has a little NFL, you know, starting experience. But really, Mike Purcell is more experienced technically than Draymond Jones, not maybe more experienced than DJ Jones, but until you have maybe because you know the draft's coming broncos got nine picks pretty safe assumption that at least one of those are going to be defensive line we'll see exactly what quality of pick that is is it going to be one of their premium uh second third round picks we'll see uh but i tend to concur with with zach on this front when the broncos signed dj jones i thought "Mm, this could be the beginning of the end the writing on the raw uh, on the wall for mike purcell but because they included Shelby Harris as part of that trade for Russ, you know, you, you need someone else who can get out there and make hay. So if the Broncos cut him uh, right now, all right, they would have a $1.5 million dead cap charge, uh, but they'd save 2.8 million. But if they were to designate him, Zach, as a post June 1st cut, they'd only have 775 K in dead money and 3.5 million in cap savings. But then, also, those numbers would be reflected on the following year's cap as well. So, I think it's kind of a wait and see thing on Purcell, Zach. As you said, you kind of gotta let's see what else uh, Peyton has in mind, and then they'll make a decision. They got time.
1: Yeah. If you boil it down, if you cut them even post June first, you're you're netting less than three million bucks, and it's like, would you rather take less than three million or a player that provides a good duty as the? capable run stuffer and the figure I want to point to I know it's not on the screen anymore is his cap figure for the season is it said 1.98 percent of the Broncos total salary cap is Mike Purcell worth 1.98 percent I happen to think so if they can manage Sam Martin for his contract they can keep Mike Purcell around
0: and I tend to agree and this is coming from a guy like me who has been a Purcell skeptic since before he got paid you know then he gets paid and then you know gets hurt, and that was unfortunate. You can't fault the player for that. But since then, last year, he was not very good, guys. He was constantly um, missing assignments, penetrating when he should have been two-gapping, just little nuances that you would expect more from him as a longtime Fangio acolyte. Um, Talking about Mount Rushmore, we got the Duchess, Michaela, throwing down hardcore on what is the last Huddle Up podcast of this week. Love you so much, Michaela. Thank you, my friend. She says, not... Much to add, I just wanted to show my love for you guys and the family. Love y'all, and we love you too. For reals, you know this. While we're on the subject, Zach, I'm sure Michaela and everybody else would like to know. And this is where things stand. This is currently updated on the super chat rankings. The contest on YouTube this month: top five finishers, cumulatively speaking, on YouTube on super chat. Those five names go into a hat. We draw Broncos jersey of the winner's choosing. Ethan, aka the DWI guys, number one. The Duchess, number two. But she could st- here in the coming days, as we close out the month, she could edge him, edge him out for number one. But Dale, number three, across the the beautiful Pacific in paradise. Bobby's still holding down number four, and Tom at five. And then Michael's climbing though. Like Michael, look, this doesn't factor in tonight's show, so he could be a leapfrog in Tom by the time this is, is all said and done. And then you got ain't nothing but a G thing. Nash the fifth gives you a good little update on the standings as it were. Thank you, Michaela. Thank you, Michaela. Hey, look who it is. It's the Boise man. What's up, bro. Longtime listener. I've missed you. I've wondered where you've been. Yeah. I just said being like I'm Canadian. Uh, Seriously. Hope you've been well, big dog. We have missed. you. says, what's up fellas. I'm still here. Just hard to catch lives lately. I never miss a show after the fact though. Love that dude. Being from Wyoming. It's hard to see a Wyoming linebacker, balling for the Bengals, talking about Logan Wilson. I want my
1: own. He wants Chad Muma in the house. Zach, what are your thoughts? Oh, you don't like Alex Singleton, Boise man? Josie Jewell doesn't cut it for you, Jonas Griffith. I'm in agreement. You know, they need The thing that Logan Wilson could do, he's good in pass coverage, and they had that guy in Baron Browning, but now he's playing edge. <laughs> edge so I want that guy as well. I don't agree with that decision, nor does Chad shaking his head. Uh, hopefully maybe we'll find that guy in the, in the premium rounds, the second or third round, or someone like Singleton will step up and be that guy. I doubt it though.
0: By the way, this is an interesting question that comes up here. You know, I talk about being and about and all that for the Canadians and Boise, man, I know we're talking Wyoming, right? But the previous, um, question comment in Canada, how would you say the name Zach of the Broncos offensive coordinator? Would it be Justin Uten? Or would it be just an And This is a question for the sages and prophets of time. I mean, we might not be able to solve this one on tonight's podcast, as limited as our time is.
1: Two things about Canadians. I don't want to come off derogatory. I'm just having fun. But like they pronounce a boot for about yeah. also um, grade five instead of yeah, fifth grade. For right. Example.
0: That's a good tell if you want to know where someone's from. Exactly. And you know how I picked up on that, dude? I'm going to fully expose myself here. The mindless, dumb as heck, but I love it near and dear to my heart. Trailer park boys, dude, for whatever reason. That's what I noticed. That. And then that's how I hear people say it. And I go, You're from Canada. Oh, yeah, I am from Canada. Uh huh. Yeah, that's a tell. And so is Bean. Like, uh, you know, they could, you might not hear an, a Canadian as they're talking. They might not say a boot because that's kind of the, somewhat a regional diction thing. And not everyone talks that way, but they say Bean. And then you know, dude, you know. Uh, for what it's worth, whoa, Dale throwing down, dude! Another Mount Rushmore in the house tonight. It's yeah. we might as well retitle tonight's stream, the um, you know fellowship of the Mount Rushmores jumping in. Dale, dude, love you, bro. He says we need Peyton to repeat as draft champion this year. As tight as the AFC West is looking on paper, finding gems in the draft could go a long way to winning the division. You gents are bringing your A game as always, almost draft day. Yes, it is, bro, and I hope we get to see you next week. I really hope we get to see you. That would be so cool.
1: It's just awesome, though, man. Like, the Broncos have a general manager that swung a trade for Russell Wilson, but before that, he had the best draft haul in his first-ever draft class with the Broncos. They are in great hands. I cannot be more excited about George Payton. And even though there's no day-one pick this year, what he's going to do is 64, what he's going to do in the middle rounds, the later rounds, the undrafted ranks, this is his bread and butter, the middle, the depth. And what is the strength of this draft class? The depth, the middle rounds. It's going to be another home run for Mr. GP.
0: And tomorrow it's going to be fun, Dale. We get the you know annual pre-draft press conference for Peyton. Not that he's going to give away much, but we'll sit there trying to you know interpret and inspect every word, analyze it, see if we can maybe glean what uh, he and the Broncos are planning on doing. But thank you so much, bro. Love you. Uh, Lethal Bronco 87, another newer name that I don't recognize on Super Chat. So welcome. Thank you. And as you guys might have seen, uh, we sent out a, a message thanking everybody for helping us cross 15,000 subscribers on YouTube. Seriously, hats off. Love you. Thank you. And as we grow like that, we get these newer names, and it's so fun to get to know everybody uh, that's joining the, the MHH club. But Lethal Broncos says, I hope we get the Chiefs week one as well and put the league on notice, Zach.
1: I already like the cut of your jib, Lethal Bronco. I've been <laughs> counting this table for quite a while. I, I I think it's a little unrealistic. It might be the Broncos and the Rams, the Broncos in Seattle perhaps, but I want the Chiefs as soon as possible. I am ending that winning streak with authority. I want that game in primetime, and the Broncos are going to show the AFC West runs through Denver, no longer Kansas City.
0: Dude, that ignominious streak. I use that word every time I have to bring up the streak. I use that word because it is uh, just, that's what it is. And uh, the Broncos, who was it, Zach, last week that let their guard down a little, didn't end up in the quotes, but said how much they hate, everyone in the building hates the Chiefs. Yeah, that's right, Bradley Chubb. Uh, Yeah, dude, they are embarrassed by that, as well they should be, as well they should be. Like, Zach, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but think about, like, dominant perennial quarterbacks of old, and even currently, but like the Peyton Manning era in Indianapolis, the Peyton Manning era in Denver, Tom Brady in New England. I doubt Tom Brady, well, no, I doubt in the case of Peyton Manning, he had a 13-game winning streak over any of those AFC South rivals while he was, and I know he didn't, as Bronco, he didn't have enough time uh, to to go 13 consecutive against a division I mean, it's just, you can't win one. I mean, come on. Are we to ask him for the world over here? So that streak has to end this year. And I'm not blowing smoke when I say it will. You can call it a bold prediction because, hey, 13 games. If, you, if they're going to snap that, that is, I guess, kind of bold. But Russell Wilson's not losing twice to the Chiefs this year. Trust.
1: I'm going full Vince Carter in the dunk contest, baby. It's over. That streak is over. It's coming to an end, and I want it to come to an end it's in September as early as possible. I cannot wait. Bart Scott voice.
0: <laughs> Andrew Baker, what's good, bro? May the 4th be with you, and it's coming soon when we get to have Andrew Baker on the show. Uh, he says if a tackle or edge Peyton has on his board is not there at or around 64 should or would he just move down for more picks since we only have four or five next year, MHH for life? Um, I don't think so. I really don't think so because, um, you know, it would be one thing if, you know, you're picking in the first round like just about everybody else. Yeah, we're going to move back, stockpile. Our guy's not there. We don't like the value. The guys that are there that we would draft, we don't value them that high, so let's move back. I don't think so. I think there's going to be more than enough options. Uh, Even as you say, Andrew, if the tackle they like, Or have graded in that range isn't there. Same for Edge. They'll take somebody. I don't think they're going to wait until round three to make their first selection. When even though you got Russ, even though you got a new head coach and all that stuff, that's all positive. But we're talking about a seven-win team last year. You know, strike while the iron's hot. You know, if you if you got pick 64, there's going to be some dang good players there, even if it's not at a position like you hear Zach and I pound the table for, like the two you mentioned, Andrew. I don't think the Peyton's going to risk just dropping back, even though Woods come with some upside in terms of stockpiling picks, whether it's this year or next year, I think he's going to take what's there because the window with Russ, it's a lot bigger than probably
1: what it was with when Peyton arrived, but it's still finite. Exactly. I think he'll worry about next year, next year, because he wants to win now. And to Peyton's credit, he's assembled a win now Broncos team with a win now Broncos coaching staff and a win now quarterback. So he's going to take the best available right tackle, linebacker, cornerback, what have you, because it helps the Broncos win now. He's not going to trade to trade. He's not going to be impulsive. Look at last year. He didn't move down in the first round. He stuck to his guns and took the best player on his board, Patrick Sertan. I think the same will happen in 64.
0: James wants to know the backstory of MHH. Um, How much time you got? Yeah, I'll give you the cliff notes real quick, and that is started MHH in 2014, and here we are. When there's maybe more time and it's a more dead period on the NFL calendar, maybe we can go into more detail and like really kind of relive some of the past. But yeah, 2014, bro, is when MHH, when I started it. Zach and I joined forces in the spring of 2018. We crossed paths and here we are ever since, dude, just dominating, just dominating. 15, whoa, 15 and a half million unique readers of milehuddle.com in 2021. That's called dominating y'all. And that's thanks to you. So love you.
1: Started from the bottom and now we're here, baby. <laughs> Thank uh, you all for making it happen it's because of you guys that we're doing this and never want to let that fact go unnoticed.
0: It makes you realize, you know, like you watch the Broncos or you look at the Broncos on um, Facebook and they've got like four and a half million followers on Facebook. And then you look at whatever their Twitter following is and their YouTube following is for, for what they are. It's actually quite small, but, there's a lot more Bronco fans than what you see following them on Facebook, as evidenced by the number of people that read our website just this last year, just this year alone. So, Kendrick, what's up, dude? Another newer name. What's good, bro? He says, what's up, my guys? As a longtime Broncos fan, I really like to scout our players. I think Albert O. will be a better tight end for us than Noah Fant. Don't crucify me, Broncos country. Just saying. MHH for life. Really love that, Kendrick. I don't think anyone's going to crucify you for that, dog. Noah Fant had a real hard time went in over the hearts and minds of Broncos country when he was here. Um, And you could be right. What do you think, Zach?
1: I was going to say, it can't be, you can't be much worse than Noah Fant. He, he was a major disappointment as a first round pick. Some was his doing. He wasn't very explosive after the catch. He had some injury concerns, um, but some was the Broncos doing with the coaching and the game planning, but they really are high on Albert O. If you're going to throw a player like Noah fan into a deal of that magnitude, it means you're high on the backup and the backup right now is Albert O. They didn't go out on the open market and, and sign a veteran starter. They didn't trade for one. They're leaving that position mostly untouched. Maybe it'll change in the draft, but they really do like Albert O as that move guy. Now that he's not an all around tight end, he's not a three down guy. He's not a great blocker, But that's why they have Eric Tomlinson as a pass catcher, though. It'll be up to how much Russell Wilson in Denver utilizes tight ends. It wasn't a strength of his in Seattle. If that changes in Denver, Alberto will be a benefactor. But the good thing about that, they don't have to rely on the tight end, whoever it may be, because they have so many other weapons on offense. Anything they get out of Alberto receiving wise is a bonus.
0: I think if Noah Fant would have been drafted to a team quarterback by Russell Wilson, he'd already have made a Pro Bowl. And that's with like Russell Wilson traditionally not throwing much to tight ends. Let's say if he gets drafted to um, Green Bay, dude's like perennial All Pro. Like Noah Fant's a very good player. He he's one of the most elite athletes at tight end. He just kind of got drafted into not the most ideal situation for a player of that skill set. And for whatever reason, you know, you want to talk bang for buck, you can talk sample size. Albert O has, when he's touched the ball for the Broncos, he makes an impact. And last year in particular, no offense, like he put up some numbers. Like if you you actually might sleep on how productive he was in the final analysis, but what people remember is, and he complained about this on the radio after the trade, remember this? But he uh, people remember the five-yard catch and fall down five yard, you know, eight yard out, catch it, fall down, whatever. He wasn't breaking tackles. Uh, I think that was his passive aggressive message to the coaching staff that, hey, you're using me the wrong way, dude. I should be busting seams. I should be using my speed and twitch instead of trying to catch a slant over the middle and hope to God I break a tackle. Uh, And he did break some of those. By the way, he's got two or three different receptions in the league since being a Bronco. Um, uh, touchdowns of forty plus yards. So two of which are eighty, or a, a seventy and an eighty. One of which came in Houston. One came against Cleveland. I'm forgetting the other one off the top of my head.
1: I want to get to Dale in just one second because it's still a- astonishing to see his uh, showing of generosity. Thank you, Dale. I think no. To be fair, Noah Fant was a little overdrafted, I think he, he shouldn't have been first round pick or, or that high up. Uh, he he is a good talent. And Alberto, the opportunity will be there, but it falls on him to put it all together. I stumbled upon a tweet from last season where it was Drew Locke threw a pass, and Alberto, I think it was against either the Raiders or the Chiefs, and it would have been the game winner. And he spun around and got his hands on it, perfectly led pass in the middle of coverage, and he just dropped it. You can't have that type of play in that type of crucial moment if you want to be a starting player in the NFL.
0: You're talking about Fant? Well, Alberto Albert dropped it. Yeah. Remember his first uh, real game as a pro? The New England game, Drew goes in and dropping dimes and everyone's dropping them. Albert dropped two tutties in that game. He ended up with like three or four drops total in the game. Anyway, but we're both really high on the prospect of Albert being that move tight end. We're just not convinced he's quite polished enough yet to also be that plausible in-line guy, which is why they signed Eric Tomlinson and they could end up drafting another one, I guess uh dale again dude throwing down top rope he says we'll be at the bellagio from tuesday to monday sinking some roots in vegas love it dude he says we'll definitely hook it up to chop it up hope to see others as well broncos faithful i'm with zach chiefs heads they gots the roll okay cool bro listen we were gonna stay there but we ended up changing our plans and uh i'll email you the details on that bro
1: We want to hook up with uh, Dale and whoever else is going to be in Vegas. I cannot wait to be out there next week. And uh, let us know, guys, in the comments if you plan to come out.
0: GLP. In the house. What's going on, Gary? Appreciate you, brother. Really do. Consistent. uh, Loyal. Every single day. Really appreciate the GLP. What's good, brother? And Phil as well. Phil McLaughlin. What's going on, Phil, with his... uh, you're a you're a car guy, Zach. I'm not I don't even know what it is. It looks handsome looking sports car in his profile pic there on Facebook, but
1: is I that can't. a it's hey, like look, a, it's a Porsche, honestly. I don't know I what it is. Look, that's that nice, all looks though. the
0: same to me because I'm not a car guy. You guys are like rolling your eyes. Come on, Jensen.
1: Let us know. Appreciate you, Phil.
0: But that is dope. And if that's your ride, dude, oh, it's it must a Mustang. That's, that's what I was gonna mu- say. Is it looks like a Mustang maybe, but I'm not a car guy. I'm a
1: bad Mustang owner, man. I didn't recognize that.
0: (laughs) Speaking of a top five, ranked Super Chat Superstar in the month of April. We got Tom in the house. What's going on, bro? Thank you. He says, I did a mock draft today at 64. Cornerback Tariq Woolen, 75. Perrin Winfrey, 97. D'Angelo Malone, 15. Braxton Jones, uh, 116. James Cook, we can only wish. What do you guys think? Yeah, there's some real good selections there. I wouldn't hate Tariq Woolen at 64, because as we talked about earlier, when the subject of Michael Owen, corner depth came up, it's a, it's a concern you need to add to that. But again, I would be asking like who was on the board when you took 64 or took Woolen at 64, just because I think you can afford to get by till, you know, late day two, early day three on corner in this class, because of who you already have also on the roster that you're starting trio. Not sure that's the same at right tackle. And if all things were equal, Zach and and Chubb and Randy Gregory weren't injury cases or off-field concern cases, whatever you want to call it, then I would be saying the same thing about Edge. Like you could maybe afford to wait till late day two, early day three. But because they both have injury concerns, I think it makes it a more pressing need. And I get it you guys go oh you hear need and you recoil in the draft. No, no, that's what bad teams do. Bad teams draft for need. Well, BPA and need the best draft artists it comes together. You know, you know you, you draft players that are the best available at the positions that make sense for your team right now.
1: Yeah, you know, we talked about it on yesterday's podcast. I can get on board with some, you know, reassurance about a cornerback at 64 and not a right tackle, let's say. But it's it's the next pick after that. What are you using at 75? And you go from cornerback to defensive tackle in and, uh, and Winfrey. And then after that, your third pick is a edge defender, which is fine. But who's playing right tackle? You have other pressing needs elsewhere. I don't know that I would use my first-round pick or my first pick that I have in the draft on a cornerback, and I certainly wouldn't use three straight picks on defense when you do need some help on offense as well.
0: Uh, Phil is uh, settling it. It's a GT350, the image on his uh, profile pick. what? glasses? Pardon me. Thank you for the clarity on that, Phil. We really do appreciate it. Uh, Sam Bam throwing down... Again, what's going on, bro? Thank you. He says, so I've never known this. (coughs) Pardon me. What influence does an owner have on roster structure outside of the cap? Example, can wealthier owners shell out more money for signing bonuses and things like that to sign free agents? Thanks. Zach, you want to grab this? And I'll get this
1: frog out of my throat. Yeah, I've been there before too. Um I not much influence unless they're like a meddling owner in the in the mold of Jerry Jones, who also functions as the general manager uh for the Cowboys. Yeah, de facto general manager of the Cowboys. They're gonna be the the you know, if if an NFL team is a film, the owner is not a director or an actor, he's a producer. He's the one financing the whole whole thing. He's the one coming up with the money, he's the purse strings. So it'll be beneficial for the Broncos. They decide one day when they have an owner, let's say Rob Walton. Oh, I want to sign Russell Wilson to a $45 million per year contract. Well, if you have an owner worth $70 billion, that's a drop in the bucket. So that's where it comes into play. But I wouldn't, in terms of roster structure, little, uh, little impact.
0: That reminds me, as soon as we're done here, I'm going to bring up what was the topic of tonight's stream, the odds makers and how they view, you know, who's going to be the next owner of the Broncos. But, to get dive just a little bit deeper, Sam Bam, on that, it doesn't affect the cap because that's equal amongst all teams. What it does affect is cash on hand, or what it can affect is cash on hand. And where does that come into play? You know, when two, let's say two teams who have the same salary cap, they're offering the exact same contract for a free agent, only one's offering, you know, a $20 million signing bonus and the other one's offering, you know, 17 or whatever. And that 17, they can't really budge off that. They, you know, on the cap, they could come up with all kinds of different ways to move it. But do they have the cash on hand? Because Sambam, it's called a signing bonus for a reason. They get that money when they sign. So, as an organization, if you don't have that cash on hand, it can tie your hands in some ways. And that's why the teams that have the owners with the deeper pockets, having that cash on hand gives them a slight edge, but it's slight. In, I mean, if we're talking about, look, these are teams owned by billionaires, all 32 of them. So it's not like these guys are any of them wanting much for, for money.
1: Also, like we've mentioned before, if they decide they want to do some stadium renovation, stadium upgrades because of the stadium fire that happened a uh, month or so ago, they can do that easily with an owner that's worth 70 billion. So that's where the appeal of Rob Walton comes in. If they're going to have an owner that's going to put the Broncos in his portfolio. At least that owner's worth 70 big ones. Um,
0: I'm going to show you guys this. And yes, Christian, we'll, uh, we'll be there uh, Thursday night. We're going to be in the draft. All right. So we're going to be like in the building and as credentialed media, we're going to hold a meet and greet Friday, not Thursday night, Friday. Why? Well, when do the Broncos pick? They're picking Friday. So that's the day we want to get together and actually preview slash celebrate whatever goes down. So we'll have more information on that front for you guys um, in the very near future. I'm waiting on one last confirmation from uh, some fine folks in Vegas, and uh, we'll we'll have that for you. But, Zach, on the topic of ownership, the current odds, all right, sports betting, you guys probably remember this one, sportsbetting.ag uh, was a loyal, dedicated sponsor of Mile High Huddle, and um, they informed me of their odds makers creating odds for who's going to be the next owner of the Broncos. Zach, we've kind of assumed that it's going to be Walton, um, the Walmart heir, Rob Walton. We learned earlier this week of two additional names. So, in case you guys missed it, the bids went in last Friday. All right, turns out there was only five bids, and we. We're hearing it could be as many as 19. There were only five bids that actually got submitted in this auction. All right. Along the way, Sportico uh, exposed, revealed, whatever word you want to use, two additional names, and that's Todd Bowley and Josh Harris. All right. But then, of course, Rob Walton was confirmed as also one of the bidders. But there's two more who have not allowed their names to be released. In the Broncos Act, they're bound by the confidentiality. Uh, agreements that are in place on a multi-billion dollar endeavor, which is understandable, but the odds makers are not saying it's going to be Rob Walton. They're thinking it's one of these two still nameless groups that ends up most likely of being the next Broncos owner. How much do you want to take that to the bank? Look, it's called betting for a reason. These are the odds makers, but Vegas and their ilk, Zach have an uncanny knack for predicting the future. So for what it's worth, that's no guarantee, but your thoughts.
1: Seeing anonymous bidder makes me feel like we're watching Scooby-Doo, where they're going to rip the mask off the guy and it reveals himself to be John Elway or something, you know, as the a, a nameless executive like we talked about yesterday. I just hate when these people don't put their names on things and leave it to speculation, but we'll see.
0: Well, and that's that was Scott's complaint too. He's like, dude, this is a cop-out. This is BS. You know, you're going to base odds around two entities you don't even know who they are, and you're going to say that's the leader of the pack – I still think, look, here's the takeaway, some real analysis. Unless these odds makers, Zach, have intelligence on who those other two groups are to inform that, throw it out the window. Rob Walton, of the names we know, is the front runner. We just don't know who the other two are. So all will be known in due time.
1: Yeah, that's why I don't put too much stock on the Vegas odds, nor the Broncos ownership, quite frankly. Whoever it is, it is. And... I happen to think it'll be Rob Walton, but let's see how it plays out.
0: Lawrence Rivera, what's good, brother? Appreciate you. He says, I'm kind of hoping for an easy start. The Broncos still need to learn how to mesh on the field as a team, and if we lose to the Chiefs right out of the first game, it could throw off our good mojo we've got going right now. It's a fair concern. It's a fair misgiving. Um, Look, the Broncos, when they landed Peyton Manning, do you guys remember who they opened against that year? It was the Pittsburgh Steelers, and it was a good Pittsburgh Steelers. And it was not the Peyton that Peyton ultimately became in Denver. It was Peyton still kind of finding his way. I mean, the Broncos, up until that uh, Monday night game where they stormed back against the Chargers and then never looked back, went on an 11-game. That was game one of an 11-game winning streak. Go into the playoffs as the one seed, only to get upset by the Baltimore Ravens at home. But Peyton Manning, my point on this was, think of all the optimism and the just the bump that the Broncos got from the Peyton Manning arrival. They won their first game. So it's not exactly apples to what you're saying here, Lawrence, but it took quarter of a season for Peyton Manning to figure things out and get into a groove and really, as you say, mesh as a team, coalesce around Peyton Manning. They didn't hit their stride till whatever that was. It was either week six or week seven. They were two and four, I want to say. Broncos were not looking good. Like it was looking like, eh, Peyton doesn't, maybe he really doesn't have it anymore. Like they're two and four and then boom, floodgates opened up. That was all she wrote.
1: Yeah. I don't put too much stock in that. They'll have a traditional off season, you know, workouts, practices, mini camps, training camp, preseason, and on the non pandemic variety and the entire locker room, every player has made it a point to say how much energy Nathaniel Hackett has instilled inside the Valley. They're going to be pumped up coming out of the gates. And I hearken back to, 2017, the first year under VJ, didn't they start 3-0 or 4-0? And they came out at least 2-0 and because they beat the doors off Dallas.
0: 2-0. and They won their opener. He's having the time of his life on a on a block kick that Shelby blocked. Um, and then they, as you say, they beat the living snot out of Dallas and then it went downhill from there.
1: I think they messed pretty well in those opening games and that was Vance Joseph. I don't have a problem about that. Winning cures all. If they get out to a hot start, they'll mesh really quickly.
0: Yeah, so real quick, and then we'll grab this super... Broncos under Peyton year one, win against the Steelers to open up, lose on the road against the Falcons. So now they're and one Lose at home to Gary Kubiak's Houston Texans. This was the last year Kubiak's Texans were any good. Um, Win at home against the Raiders. So now they're two-and-two. Then they lose to the Patriots on the road. Now they're two and three. So I was off by one. So they were two and three going into that Week Six game against the Chargers, where they stormed back at the half, twenty-one point plus whatever it was, come back, and then look wins the entire rest of the season, only to lose in overtime in the divisional round after a bye. It was such a freaking heartbreaker. That you want to talk about the missing rings? Remember what they were, the NFL uh, media was doing? Uh, the uh, like the it was like America's game, but for the teams that should have won it. The, didn't minnesota vikings of old the own four vikings the own four in the super bowl buffalo bills i'm trying to remember some of the other ones but that 2012 broncos squad similar to the 96 broncos squad they they're deserving of their own individual missing rings program salvi nation what's good dude he says what's up guys do you like washington state offensive tackle abraham lucas at pick 64 is that
1: i like him a hell of a lot more than i like trey mcbride or um uh, the, the cornerback, Wooten, or any other safety or defensive back, that's a the premium need for Denver. That's the need that I would address at 64 if I could, if I was George Payton. If Abraham Lucas is your guy over some other players, like Tyler Smith, Lucas is uh, a good pass protector. He can be molded into being a better run blocker. I would not be mad at all if that's where they went with that pick.
0: Tom throwing down super chat number two. He said, and thank you, bro. He says, Lucas looks like he'll not be there at 64. Either way, with George Payton at the helm, I will trust any decision he makes. Next to Wilson, George Payton is the second best decision this franchise has made in a while. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, can you say, like Zach and I, we didn't love the Javante Williams move up in the second round pick at the time. Can you say in, in hindsight, one year? I know it's only one year, but can you say in hindsight, definitively it was the wrong decision i mean first of all he almost breaks a thousand yards as a rookie as the number two and now he's going into year two as a former second round pick as your running back one like that's a home run hit he's good enough to and to to earn or to deserve or to be anointed with that kind of a role so yes i i'm inclined to agree with you my dog in peyton we trust
1: In a non-Pat Schirmer offense as well. If he can do what he did under Pat Schirmer and Vic Fangio, man, he's going to be in for a big breakout, I think, as a sophomore. And and the other, in terms of hindsight, Patrick Sertan. Like we mentioned at the top, all the Broncos fans that crapped on Peyton for passing up Justin Fields and Mac Jones, in hindsight, a year later, Sertan is the all-pro, and those other players, are at least Fields, is kind of treading water.
0: Juero, what's going on, brother? He says, I know everyone is optimistic, but it wouldn't discourage me if we aren't spectacular this year. We have a lot of new moving parts. It may take time. It might. It might. I mean, you're kind of, you know, harshing our buzz over here, Juero. I mean, let's go, dude. But look, that anonymous article we talked about on last, was it last night's show? I think it was. Two different, multiple anonymous NFL executives telling the athletic things about, (laughs) about, what to expect from the Broncos in 2022. One of them said, I expect to see a bump. In other words, Russell's going to be getting his bearings, sure, because it's a new team, it's a new coach. coach, The team is new to the coach as well, all this. A lot of moving parts, as you say. But there's something about, I saw it with Peyton Manning, and then look at how it's, you know, these legendary perennial All-Pro slash Pro Bowl types when they land in a new joint. Peyton kind of got it going. I mean, you could even take it back to Warner, although with Warner it took a little more time for things to gel in Arizona. And it wasn't just – Arizona wasn't his first post-St. Louis stop. Let's not forget him backing up Eli Manning with the New York Giants. Uh, But I digress. So Peyton Manning, uh, look what happened with Tom Brady hitting the ground running in his new joint. Look what happened with Matthew Stafford hitting the ground running with his new joint. So I think there's going to be a bump. I think it's going to be some juice, and the Broncos just got to be in position to really exploit that juice and, and ride it to where they need to go this year.
1: Listen, I fully acknowledge those teams were the, uh, the Jaguars, the Giants, and the Jets, but the Broncos st- started last year 3-0 and with Teddy Bridgewater. 3-0 and under Vic Fangio and Pat Shermer. If they, have, if they can do that, even against that competition, I am not worried about Russell Wilson, Nathaniel Hackett, and the rest starting strong this year. I want to start strong. I don't want any excuses. I don't want any people to say, oh, they just beat up on the bad teams. Give me the Rams first. Give me Kansas City first. I'll go out there and prove that this is the new Broncos team that's ready to take over the league. Let's go.
0: And there's something to be said. Like, if it is a marquee matchup, Zach, to open the season... I think that can only serve to help focus a team in the off season. This is something Scott talks about. You know, if they have a big marquee matchup, everyone's focused on Week One. I mean, let's face it, in the NFL, like that's no matter who they end up drawing in Week One, that's the focus. But when it's a real marquee matchup, it can help really hone in the focus and energies and efforts of a team as a collective, and and funnel that towards you know one goal. So let's hope it is one of a more marquee opponent that's we know is going to be on the schedule this year let's hope it's the chiefs in week one man i would love to see it dude um nash the fifth yo bro thank you for the super great to see you top 10 ranked super chat on this month's rankings he's saying good evening priests and broncos country glad i got to catch the tail end of a stream so are we dog welcome good to see you bro nathaniel doucette another newer name i don't recognize that name on super chat welcome and thank you buddy
1: I just want to say real quick, you know, if you don't think the players are circling certain games on the on the NFL calendar, look what Draymond Jones said about Shelby Harris. He wants to whoop his tail in the Seattle game this year. So yeah, if they knew they're starting out against Kansas City, if they the you know, NFL schedule is going to be released May 12th, by the way. If they right. know from May 12th onward that Kansas City, let's say, or the Rams or the week one opponent, they would get up for that under Hackett. Maybe not so much under Vic Fangio or VJ, but under Hackett, it's going to be different.
0: JJ is complaining about Dylan, who moderates our chat on YouTube. If you were blocked, you wouldn't be able to jump back in like this. So there's a cool feature we have here, which is putting somebody in timeout. Things are hopping right now, my dog. I don't know what you might have said. I don't know how Dylan might have interpreted it. But we trust Dylan to make those uh, split decisions. More often than not, he's right. If he ever gets one wrong, hey, charge it to the game. Give the guy a break. Think about what he's managing right now, right? It's a a tall task. So you know we love you. You know we appreciate you. You're not blocked. Much love, JJ.
1: And if you have a question, JJ, let's talk Broncos football. Let's, Let's move past the dreck. And if you have a question, we appreciate your super. Fire it off and we'll get to it. We promise.
0: KB, what's going on, Kenny? In the house. Thanks for the super chat, my friend. He says off subject, but did you see Tyson beat up that annoying drunk guy on a plane? <laughs> He's lucky he didn't end up like Zach Galifianakis yeah. on the on the Hangover, dude. It's so funny. I haven't seen that. Have you seen it? Yeah,
1: it was on dude, Twitter. I'm, yeah,
0: bro. Yeah. What a coink-a-dink Because I've been watching Tyson videos on YouTube, uh, as I drink my morning coffee. Like the last two days, for whatever reason, I was. You know, as I'm waking up and stuff, I kind of thumb through my YouTube feed or whatever. And for whatever reason, the the Algo bots put this uh, Tyson video of him talking about how uh, back in the day in the 80s, he had to avenge the honor of Muhammad Ali. And so I watched this one video of it and him kind of talking about Ali and how much he reveres him and all this. And now he got his revenge for him. Anyway, and then it just took me down the rabbit hole. This morning, I found myself watching like Tyson's... 10 most like brutal knockouts. I'm not even a boxing guy. I don't care about MMA. I don't care about boxing, but Tyson was just such a, uh, such a Titan. I'm going to go find that though. It's a coincidence. I don't normally believe in Quinkanink. So maybe it's not a Quinkanink. Maybe the, the, the Tyson gods right now are trying to draw me toward that video that y'all want
1: me to watch. I'll go watch it. You made that happen. You made that guy that inebriated on that plane, shed, and you made that guy walk up to Mike Tyson and heckle him and get punched in the face. And what did Mike Tyson famously say? Everyone has a plan until you get punched in the face. And that drunk guy had a plan and he effed around and he found out. Watch the video. It's it's pretty great.
0: I got to find it, dude. I'm not going to show it because I don't want the Algo bots to come after me. But
1: play stupid games, win stupid prizes. I'll
0: find it. Um. Okay. All right. Hey, Aka, what's going on, bro, with a symbolic super chat of 808? Aloha right back at you, bro. Last night was awesome. Great feedback. Reviews on your appearance were nothing but positive, my friend. So we're looking forward to getting you back on the show in the near future. Uh, Lawrence says, has it been a good thing that the Broncos have been considered broken for financial or broke for financial reasons? Now we're more tight with money this time around yeah they come you're saying it kind of forced the Broncos to learn how to how to play and operate without the luxury of you know Pat Bowen's millions. Um, maybe I don't know that's a good question. I don't know the financial uh, breakdowns other than what purported rumors this and that. Um, I don't I think Pat Bowen set it up with the trust to make sure Joe Ellis had everything he needed. But maybe there have been deals in the past where if the Broncos had just a little bit more money to be able to offer by way of cash and a signing bonus, they would have signed that player. But instead, they went somewhere else, like maybe the Calais Campbell deal that almost happened but didn't, that type of thing. We'll never know
1: they were not a Kalias Campbell away from winning a title. you know. And I, I still say it doesn't matter if they didn't have an owner. It, it's not because of that reason they didn't win many games the last couple of years. That was kind of because of quarterback decisions, coaching decisions, personnel moves. They could have been a lot better even without Pat Bowen in the picture. Unfortunately, they, they weren't, and we have to hope that with someone like Rob Walton in the picture, they're that much better, but we'll find out.
0: Tom, you're a sweetheart, dude, calling us uh, legends. Dude, you're a legend. We Thank appreciate you. You are the man. But we're at 58 minutes. We got to get going here, gang. Uh, We got two more, and then we got to bounce, all right, uh, before we go. Because I got to go watch this Tyson video, dude. I got to see this cat get knocked out like the hangover um, or Michael Spinks. Anthony Grove, much love. Let's ride right back at you, bro. Thank you. Appreciate you on Facebook, my friend. Um And then Huero again, love you, buddy. If we play the Chiefs in the first game, we can't just beat them. We have to embarrass them. I'm still mad about the Ravens players saying we were soft last year. You know what? Look, I feel you. But at this stage, we're talking 13 games. Just bring home the dub and exercise that demon. And then just watch the pressure fall off your shoulders in waves as, you know, I mean, so just get the dub. But I feel you.
1: Yeah, the Broncos have to learn how to win again and be a relevant, consistently successful team again. I don't care if they beat Kansas City by a hundred points or or one point. The end result is the same. It's a dub and it's gonna an end that streak. And I it's gonna happen this year, and it's the number one thing I'm looking forward to beyond Russell Wilson in the Broncos uniform, that freaking streak coming to an end. Too long. Amen. And with that, guys, uh, we gotta go. So we'll see you uh,
0: on Sunday. Don't forget Friday night. You've got Dove Valley Deep Divers. Saturday, you've got Mile High Insiders. And then we'll see you again on Sunday.
1: Appreciate you guys. Have a great weekend. And I want to say real quick, I've been monitoring analytics. I've been peeking over all night. Uh the couple stories of ours are popping, and I really appreciate you guys checking out the stories and reading the stories and supporting us uh that way. But follow us on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod until we're back on Sunday night, same time, same place. Follow us on Twitter at Mileye Huddle, follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. Follow myself at Kelberman NFL, follow Scott on Twitter at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want some merch, you know where it is. Huddleuppod.com and don't forget, Facebook.com slash Pod. Like that page. Follow that page. Guys, if you haven't, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football pre save five-star review for a chance to win some merch each and every single month. But if you can't do those things, please do these three things. Subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Shout-out to these great supporters
0: on Facebook tonight with the stars. Andrew Baker throwing down. Anthony Grove. Lena. Phil, GLP, Lawrence Rivera, we love you, appreciate you. And then our great Super Chat superstars on YouTube, many tonight. Sam Bam, Phillip, Gary Blah Blah, Boise Man, Lethal Bronco, 87, Michael Ronquillo, Kendrick Ware, The Duchess, Michaela Parker, Tom, is it Lockhuff? 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 Huff, Lock Huff? Lock Huff? Uh, S- uh, Sam Bam, again, D-Dub, legendary figure. Christian, Salvi Nation, Huero, Nash the Fifth, Nathaniel, We got JJ, we got KB, Kayaka. Uh, Much love and respect. Thank you, guys. Have a great weekend.
1: Take care, and as always, guys, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com
0: to keep the conversation going.